0: So I'm here with Rosie Trent in uh, North Hollywood, and she has a podcast called Out of the Box Podcast. Everyone, please listen to her. And she's uh, she made this um, interview available today. And um, there's no music beginning of this episode because uh, this is a special episode. And right after this show, we're going to put it up on the Internet, and uh, hopefully um, people like it. We apologize that, that the little uh, – continual sound in the background we can't get rid of it so we're 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 going to do the best we can from now on but i'm here with mr moses kim or Moisi kim in ukraine crimea ukraine or crimea russia now and um we met through um you heard me on uh, one of the red bands um podcast show at the ice house and um we went back and forth tweeting back and forth and um um you know I, I was very curious about your background and uh, we're i guess we've been talking what maybe last year 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 and a half is that about right Oh
1: uh, yeah back in the day when i was living in russia and uh I, about a year ago i moved to to
0: Crimea.
1: i moved back to premier okay.
0: uh, yeah
2: and you're ethnically korean
0: he's half korean and half ukrainian oh,
1: okay yeah oh i can hear a dog barking yes
0: <laughs> sorry about that so um interesting background so your father is full korean that's why your last name is kim but your mother is basically not basically your mother is white ukrainian yeah
1: yeah okay. you're right uh actually uh the soviet ukrainian uh, the soviet koreans i mean uh they have this uh, separate branch of uh it's eth- well, separate uh, ethnical branch, I would say, uh, they're called uh, Kodo Saram here, and that means actually the Koreans that were born and raised in the Soviet Union. Uh, it's uh, it's it's not they're not like uh, any other Koreans because mostly they don't speak Korean. They have uh, like different traditions, different uh, like kitchen uh, cuisine. Different. Well, everything is different from uh, mostly from from most Koreans in the world, and uh, that's what uh, my father was representing, and uh, that's why I think we we are uh, mixing into every culture in the world pretty good because because of this uh, peculiarity, I would say.
0: And and I think we talked about this before because I remember, I think around right after the I, – I, I don't quite remember. I know there was a pretty big chunk of Korean people living in Russia like – I remember something to do with Joseph Stalin moving about 50,000 Korean troops out of uh, – away from Korean Peninsula. And, uh, uh, I
1: th- yeah, yeah. Well, uh, actually, the history of uh, Soviet Korean starts with, uh, like,
0: from the beginning of
1: the 20th century, when uh, the Russians started uh, exploring the uh, eastern region of, of uh, Siberia and uh, going to the border with China and Korea, to the Japanese Sea and uh, the Kuril Islands, the, the Sakhalin, and that's where mostly there were no people there was no uh, farming no nothing there and uh, they only had this huge territories which were mostly uh, inhabited with uh, some small villages with uh, like uh, people that lived basically of uh, hunting stuff like that and they uh, they actually opened uh, a program sort of a program which uh, allowed Koreans from uh, poor regions of North Korea, uh, when they had uh, starvation and uh, massive malnutrition, so they they uh, opened the borders for them to to move into those uh, huge lands uh, that that were not that were not uh, well that that had no cities and villages and uh, the roads like everything there, so. Uh, basically they wanted uh, the Koreans that were very good at farming in uh, especially in uh, difficult uh, climate climate conditions so uh, they, they had borders open for them as they wanted them to develop uh, this this region of Russia and then uh, the Second World War hit and that's when uh, Stalin thought that uh, Koreans might be dangerous to have uh, at, at, right there at that border. As uh, the Japanese were involved in, in into the war on the on the Nazi side.
0: Um, so, um cu- a cu- couple of things before we, uh, uh, Rosie, have a couple of questions for you. But before we jump into that, I I remember, Russo-Japanese War was 1905, and uh, and if I remember right, it was basically Japanese and Russians fighting over Korean Peninsula, and I know that. Um, yeah, that you're and, right, and
1: also a couple couple uh, islands. That are, that are still uh, argued by, by both sides there.
0: Right, and and technically Japan and Russia still have not signed peace treaty for World War II. Yeah. And, and yeah. all I remember was, and I think we were talking about this, because Stalin was worried that the Koreans and Japanese might unite, which is, you know, if you know anything about Japanese and Korean people, that's just not going to happen. But <laughs> that the Japanese, like you were saying, were sent to um, Kazakhstan. And did you also say Uzbekistan too?
1: Yeah. Mostly uh, Uzbekistan,
0: I see. and then. Um, Is um, that why
2: a lot of Eastern Europeans have that kind of Asian look because they're mixed? That they're was, really mixed.
0: That stuff happened way before you're talking about, like Attila the Hun and uh, the Golden Horde invading, like the land. Of even cl- they even came to close to like Vienna. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, because when you go places like Hungary, and, Hungary especially, um, you see beautiful people. But there's something different from the rest of uh, Western Europe. Yeah. They have a little, their eyes is a little different. Um, but, yeah, I understand that Asian influence. But, yeah, Attila the Han, I mean, he literally came to the gates of, a, you know, Vatican and places like that. But he was turned away after he talked to one of the pope. One of the, the pope convinced him not to continue on, so he he didn't continue but yeah yeah and after
1: Uh, after him there was uh, uh, also Genghis Khan and uh, a lot of a lot of other uh, like we call them uh, Mongolian Tatars that uh, invaded Russia and uh, like basically terrorized it for 300 years so uh, uh, mostly uh, modern Russian people all have uh, a mix of uh, Mongolian blood in
0: them and and one of the first person to her turn away the Golden horde or whatever you want to call them, is it was um famously he's known as Ivan Grozny, but also known as Ivan the Terrible. Yeah. He was he was terrifying and uh, um <laughs> you know he's famous for just you know, torture and he was bloodthirsty. And some people say right after when his love of his life, his wife died, he he just went and become more violent and this this is there was, was some theory he about was uh,
1: actually he was also uh, a pervert were <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so a lot of evidence of uh, him actually dying of uh, syphilis or something like this
0: i, I won't be surprised about that um and they were also saying there, there it might have been a helmet or something he was wearing something with um I don't know what kind of chemical it was, but it's, some people theorize that uh, the paranoia and madness. It was that it was quicksilver. There, there you go, and I think it might have been a helmet or something like that. I took Russian studies and Well, he study. took
1: it. He took it inside, even. He, I mean, he he basically swallowed those uh, little, uh, the, those little balls of uh, quicksilver, as they considered it to be the cure for uh, every. Basically every disease, and if you look at the list of uh, diseases and uh, uh, failures he had in his body, it 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 it, it, it looks surprising that he could even well, live up to 40 years, because it, it was terrible things. Uh, that's why and maybe but- the reason for him being such a such a cruel man because he was in constant pain and, and he mostly wanted everybody to feel it. Uh, There is actually a pretty good movie shot uh, by uh, some independent Russian studio like a couple years ago and uh, Ivan Grozny is played by like a very controversial figure in uh, Russian Mm -hmm. culture. His name is Pyotr Mamonov. Uh, He's a musician also an actor. Uh, He's a very religious orthodox man but Mm. uh, again he he acts really weird but he has some vibe uh, about him that uh, is very attractive to to the modern people because uh, he's like he's like a Russian man from I don't know from 500 years ago something like this he looks uh, terrible he has no teeth he's bald like a, a patchy beard like this but uh, for some reason, he's uh, he's been able to portray Ivan in the way like uh, no one else could, and uh, the the whole movie it, it's it's really dark and heavy, uh, mm-hmm. but very philosophical in a way, and uh, I think it, it reflects basically uh, the the history and
0: uh, the well, title would... of it. The way the way of, the way it, this is stereotypical how I see the Russian royalty, but Ivan Grozny or Ivan the Terrible, his life was full of tragedy and you know losing his wife. I think he was in, in uh, he was in charge of. I think he was responsible of getting one of his son murdered too. Yeah, might to even killed him. Yeah. Kill yeah. And, uh, there um, is
1: a famous uh, famous uh, artwork picture uh, mm-hmm. where it is called uh, uh, Ivan Grozny is killing his son uh, Ivan Ivan. Yeah. Uh, I think he, he he cut his throat, or something like this, or stabbed him to to yeah. his heart. Yeah, so he wasn't just responsible that's, that's for he it. Did. He actually—it uh, was not did his it. only son because he had, uh, I, I think, he had more than uh, more than one son. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> might 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 be even. Well, there are no. Yeah, I I don't I don't evidence. remember the
0: circum I don't remember the circumstance, but he had him killed, and uh, yes literally grozny means like the, the way i remember from my Rus- uh, russian history class it literally mean like awesome like like thunderstorm you know like oh yeah it's like yeah. Uh, the thunderstorm it's, it's, it's uh,
1: the su- thunderstorm is graza and uh, yeah he's grozny
0: he was a bigger than life he 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 put fear into people's lives and and um uh he t- you know i mean russians were constantly attacked by these um the Golden Horde, or Genghis Khan's army or Attila the Hun from the east. So for you to fight, you you have to out-terrorize them and you have to out-violent. You know what I mean? They, they, he, was, he had yeah. to be, he you be violent. You have to be the
2: most dramatic. The you, most. Ha- you have
0: to. And, uh, because that's how those golden horde did, like, they terrorized you to give up. Or he, they would come into the whole city, raise the whole city, kill everything inside, men, women, children, animals, whatnot. So yeah. he had to do that. So he was a complicated figure, but he's for sure historically a very important person. And whenever you see any Russian leaders, strength is the most important thing, not good look or charisma. I mean, the strength, it, that's something the Russian people understand. Like, you have to be a strong leader, yeah. even if you're yeah. wrong. I remember ten years ago in Moscow the one of the movie uh, theater was occupied by Chechen terrorists. Yeah. Nordost. Uh, yeah, and basically they released some chemical and up killing most of the terrorists, including the most of the people watching the movie. He made no apologies to it because he will absolutely will not back down to it. Will not. And uh and I I think The whole world don't like what uh, Russia did. But But do you
2: think that's a sign of strength if you're not flexible? Because flexibility and compromise is a sign of strength because you can work with other countries. So to not back down for something, that's not necessarily a sign of strength. That's kind of a sign of ego, don't you think?
0: In Russia, if you're you're in that country and if you're the leader of Russian people, first priority is that you have the support of your people. And that's what they look for, number one. I'll give you an example, like when Saddam Hussein got beaten in the first war, most of the Middle Eastern people thought he won. Because he's still in power, you know, like I guess it depends on who's looking at whom. Outside of the uh, uh Middle East, they saw devastating loss for Saddam Hussein. But most people in the Middle East saw he 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 talked shit, started something and he wasn't disposed. And to them that's a weakness. So I guess it depends on who's looking at who, but in Russia
2: You're saying according to the way Russian people look at things, that's considered strength. Yeah. And that's important. Okay. Because I don't I don't know that I consider not backing down strength because if you're being stubborn and you're in the wrong, I don't I don't know if that's considered a strength. I think it's more I consider it more of a strength when a leader admits that they're wrong because then I feel like I can trust them instead of someone who's just lying and lying and lying and caught in a lie.
0: I, I think that's true outside of Russia, but um, he has like 60% approval rating.
2: And, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm not it Russian, was, so. It, it was,
0: no, no, uh, but that's 60%. 60, 65 today. Yeah, and that's really low because if you go back three or four years ago, he probably had like 85 I mean, you know what I mean? That Obama wished he had well, like 50%. To be, to be,
1: to be honest, uh, today uh, his uh, rating reached the, the peak. It was uh, approaching seventy percent,
0: which mm. which which never happened before. I don't
2: think any U.S. president has ever had a seventy percent approval rating. Has he? Uh,
0: president Bush, um, uh, the senior, right after the Persian Gulf War, he oh, had okay. like ninety percent because he just beat the shit out of them. Um, but to maintain that high, I mean, you know, anything higher than fifty or fi- above fifty percent, you are doing pretty good. But you know, he's like sixty six. I I I understand exactly what Rose is saying. You know, but if you're like a Southern senator, you're doing stuff like pro religion, pro gun, and you know anti gay marriage. Probably, rest of the USA, it's not good. But if where where you're from, from Alabama or, or Georgia, where they're voting for you, you're popular there, and and those are the only people putting yeah, you in, in the position of power. Yeah, conservative states. Yeah. Um, so uh, can I ask you a question yeah, yeah. about
2: Crimea? Okay, so um, so. What you're telling me is that the peninsula of Crimea in general, the people are happy that they're going to become part of Russia. Is that true?
1: Yeah, yeah, that is true. Okay. Uh, Actually, uh, 96% of the population voted for uh, becoming a part of Russia.
2: Okay, because the mainstream U.S. media is making it seem like Russia is the bad guy and that Crimea is like this innocent And they're really pushing, especially the corporations, which I think is totally screwed up. They're trying to... Did you see the natural gas push? uh,
1: It it could not be Mm -hmm. further from the truth because, uh, as for me, uh, I haven't heard a single gunshot. Uh, I haven't seen uh, any violence. There was uh, nothing from the Russian side that could uh, somehow be considered to be an invasion or violation of any laws. Actually, we
0: we almost. we we, we, we I, I have to make sure. There's a couple of things on. note, one. Um, Crimea and Eastern Ukraine. They mostly do business in, with Russians. Most of the Western Ukraine do business with EU. So there there is a different interest in those two parts of the country. And um, Crimea is a very sore, sore subject because how many cri- Crimean wars were there? There's was two, wasn't it? Uh, there, was, like
1: 80- uh, there were two Crimean wars, and uh, there was also uh Russian and Turkish
0: war. Yes. Sebest- am I saying it right? Sebastopol?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the city I'm living in. Sevastopol- it's, uh, it, in Russian, it would sound like Sevastopol.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I apologize to my uh, uh, vodka-drinking friends. I, <laughs> so... Uh, it's a very important because that is the um, uh, geopolitically speaking, it's very important because um, for Russia to maintain any sort of influence Black Sea, you know, dealing with Turkey, that's a very important naval town and the Russian Navy is there. I don't remember the circumstance. I know Khrushchev returned Crimea to Ukraine in 1950s. I I don't remember the circumstance, but he did that. But uh, anyone she- who study. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, he did it uh, as um, uh, as like a gift for some uh, anniversary or something like this that uh, Ukraine was celebrating that year, and him uh, being Ukrainian thought that uh, th- that that was somehow a good idea. Uh, also, not not to take anything away from uh, from from Ukraine, uh, they developed the infrastructure. Uh, they developed uh, the, the farming and uh, agriculture, everything. Uh, they electrified the whole peninsula. Uh, but as as for uh, as as for the people, they uh, remained up to this day. Like uh, 60% of them ethnically remained Russian, and uh, more than 90% of them remained uh, Russian-speaking, thus considering themselves to be Russians.
2: So what is the initiative for the U.S. government to push this deceptive viewpoint? Other than, I know they were talking about the natural gas pipeline to Europe and hurting Putin and all this other stuff. But I mean, other than corporate interests, what is the reason? Is there uh, any political purpose? uh, I I have a theory. Tell me! (laughs) There
1: there is a theory that uh, uh, actually this is the new stage stage of uh, the Cold War. Between uh, mm. Russia and uh, and the U.S., because if you look at the map of uh, United States military bases, they basically surround uh, Russia all, all over the place, and uh, Ukraine is like a really good place for them to to set their bases, and uh, to, thus to to put uh, to have a lot of influence in uh, mm-hmm. the Black Sea region. Uh, They have bases in Turkey, and if they have one in Crimea, that means that uh, the whole Black Sea Equatoria is uh, basically occupied by them. And uh, also they are afraid uh, of uh, Russia's growing influence, because uh, we know that uh, Russia and China support uh, the government of Syria, and uh, the United States, are their their position about Syria is uh, commonly known. Also, and uh, th- that's uh, quite a problematic uh, I'm, scenario.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm glad you you mentioned China because um, because China is very they're very quiet on this issue because they they don't like what the Russians are doing simply because they don't like this idea of certain regions that they have control where. People have a referendum and and, and secede yeah, from yeah. you, like Tibet. Because Chi- Tibet, is, so China will not support that because they don't they don't like that idea of like God forbid to to Chinese eyes, and in China very much like Russia, looking from the Chinese people's eye too, they're also surrounded by U.S. military bases surrounding them just like Russians. But one thing Chinese don't want is here next thing you know in Tibet, they're saying we're going to have a referendum and we're yeah, going to see yeah. from Chinese control. They they don't like that at all. So they don't. They're absolutely will not support Russian, but they're just keeping it quiet. But let me give you this kind, is kind of neutral. Know, yes, because they, they're, they're, this is really a sensitive issue. But um, um, So
2: what's your theory? Is your theory similar to his theory? Well,
0: Moses, um, correct me. Okay, this is the way I look at it. Well, my, my amateur Russian studies background. <laughs> So let's say I'm, I'm, I'm Vladimir Putin right and uh I used to be a KGV officer uh, in East Germany and later on in Moscow and this is what I seen last twenty three twenty four years. He was a so he was a Soviet Union warrior. Next thing you know it, they lose all the satellite countries. you're talking about Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan and all the Baltic states. They, they lost everything. The last two years, you saw this thing called Arab Spring in Northern Africa where people are revolting and want to uh, go away from uh, revolting against the dictators. I I would be very sensitive if I let something in Ukraine get out of control because next thing, I don't want to deal with that shit starting in Moscow. You don't Moscow. want to deal with the
2: Russian spring? <laughs> no, strictly. Okay. Yeah. Or, or,
0: or I, I would call it vodka spring. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, actually, by, by fr- mm.
1: actually, there were uh, the Russian uh, government opposition is, uh, was working on that, and uh, mm-hmm. in 2011 they had a uh, sort of a, uh, something like a public disobedience act, maybe I would, I would call it, uh, where they gathered against Putin, and that's where uh, his ratings were really low. They were mm-hmm. working really hard, and nobody. Uh, except uh, the capital, Moscow, and maybe Saint Petersburg, uh, could uh, understand why this is going on and uh, sure. where they actually came from. And then uh, the information that uh, the CIA and were enrolled into into the communication with uh, the opposition leader, uh, th- and actually, sometime after, I think he he even confessed that. His organization was uh, financed by uh, some American,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. some Americans. I think that definitely some inside job is going on, and uh, and the the Ukrainian events are the direct result of this, because uh, many people I know say that uh, there are a lot of foreigners in Kiev, especially. uh, uh, American and maybe NATO soldiers uh, sure. th- that are well basically like uh, agent provocateurs maybe also they work as instructors in uh, tactics and mm-hmm. uh, well like like this it it uh, mostly looked like uh, the occupy movement when it all started like it was peaceful mostly uh, the intelligent people, and then for some reason they were all uh, replaced by this radical. Uh, they they call themselves uh, right right sector, uh, which is a uh, west Western Ukraine uh, radical movement, and uh, a lot of a lot of uh, Russian media label them as Nazis because of the, some. Uh, some, 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 some moments they had uh, in history before, like uh, in World War Two. Well, they... I, but
0: but that's that's too, that's really ironic because if there's one country in Europe where there's um, ample amount of uh, Nazis, it's 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 in the Western Russia. I mean, like you know, I mean you're you're partially ethnic, so. You, I I have been to Moscow once but um many of my friends were saying that the ethnic groups have a problems in the Moscow. Yeah. Um, that's
1: that's right. You know, that's right.
0: And uh, and I'm not saying that's I live silly. in I I, live, I I live in USA so believe me we have racism here too but you know when when they say Asian I I think I don't know if they're were well anyone who looks like myself and Rosie but I think anyone who looks from people from Central Asia Kazakhstan Uzbekistan and Kyrgyzstan. I mean, you know, i.e., people who look like Borat. (laughs) I think uh, they're they're, they're always going to have a problem in that world. But um, going back to Putin, I I have to say there's got to be some joy among Russian people because last 20 years, you know, national uh, prestige. I think Russia hasn't, whether we like it or not, the, the people are paying attention to Russia now. You know, in 2008, Georgia was invaded. Uh, You had Olympic recently. Now, you know, this whole thing with Crimea. And we should never take Russia for granted because you still have the number one... um, Well, you guys are number one still when it comes to nuclear weapons, natural resources. And land space. Land space. But but there are many domestic problems for Russia too. Absolutely,
1: Um, absolutely. Uh, Social problems and things like that. uh, They're basically... The roads are uh, so, so bad that uh, it's it's even uh, there is a saying that uh, the Russians have uh, historically only two great uh, tragedies, which the first is uh, idiots and the second is roads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so no doubt about it, uh, we're facing a lot of troubles, in, in, even in Crimea here, and it's all uh, historical. It's it is all because of our uh, Soviet past, but uh, again, I should say that the latest events uh, brought uh, drastical changes in, in uh, people's moods and uh, in people's mood, and uh, their uh, something like uh, their patriotism, I think, is starting to to break free. I would say, mm-hmm. uh, because before we were all very cynical. And we didn't trust our government, we didn't trust sure. any president we had. They were all for us uh, like thieves and not really caring about anything. And m- mostly, uh, a lot of people. Well, I should say, uh, there is uh, like a, a character that uh, everybody knows here, uh, which is more like a, something like a a fairytale character today. It is an average man you know, in a white wife-beater that is uh, sitting on the couch and talking to, to the TV and uh, whatever channel he switches, he has uh, some insults and some criticism and some uh, some cynical things to say to anything going on. Whether you have uh, sports broadcast, news, uh, whatever, uh, a movie, I don't know, even uh, Advertising, well, and that's what uh, most Russians were. Uh, we didn't; they didn't believe in uh, anything, and uh, we could only criticize, and be very vocal about uh, how how we would govern the country if, if we were mm-hmm. in place. But uh, the latest events they completely changed everything, and uh, the support Crimea is getting from uh, Russia is tremendous. I, I I would never have thought that this could ever happen, actually. And uh, I could never imagine the reaction we we would get.
0: Oh,
2: sorry. (laughs) um,
0: So I guess overall, this is not going to affect you personally.
1: I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, uh, there is certainly there is Russian army here, a lot of ships, uh, a a lot of uh, troops here. And uh, the planes, the Russian battle planes are just uh, just beside the, the peninsula, which is like a couple of minutes away from, from, from my city. Uh, but again, the uh, Ukrainian army is not capable of, uh, of uh, leading and starting a war against Russia. Uh, the, oh, yeah. the, only, the only enemy... Russia could have is uh, actually NATO and uh, I don't think that that is gonna that is gonna be the case because uh, even to this day um, after the I think the Ukrainian scenario failed uh, Obama is saying that uh, he, he will not uh, even consider uh, sending United States troops to Ukraine which is
0: no, I don't. I don't think there's a danger of actual military conflict. But I think, in the long term, I don't know what's going to happen. I think they're going to try to hurt you guys economically. And
1: well, uh, th- that is an interesting subject because I haven't seen any American uh, plant or factory or uh, anything here because everything we do, we produce for ourselves and we consume it ourselves. There is no uh, economical no uh, social cultural any interest that the uh, United States have in Crimea I mean well zero, I was gonna
2: say uh, because your English is very very good I, you, I is there say any American
1: that, uh, that uh, a lot of Americans know where Crimea or even Ukraine is because that that's uh, all ex-soviet Union for them.
2: Well, I was going to say your English is very, very good. I mean, oh, th- better, than my, better than my better than my Russian. So, is there any American or English or Western European influence that you can felt? Like, why why is your English so good?
1: <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. First of all, uh, well, I started uh, I started in uh, uh, the school that uh, had the inclination to English language. That's uh, like when I started learning English when I was like uh, seven years old and then uh, I was at the university and uh, my uh, edu- education is in translation. So that that's where it comes from.
2: But there's no cultural um, American no, no. influence on it. No, I've there. never been okay.
1: abroad. And, uh, I've, I've never been to England, America or anywhere else. Mostly but, but, the
0: internet. <laughs> by the way, I, I don't mean like that the, the West is—they're going to try to hurt Ukraine by pe- people in Ukraine, or um, I, I think they're going to try to hurt Moscow and any of those oligarchs that live in London and places like that. Well, well,
1: whatever happens to them, we don't actually care because
0: they Oh just... no, no, I don't. I don't. That won't affect you guys.
1: <laughs> no, no. But I, I don't think it would affect uh, the economy as well because. Uh, the, the main resource for Russian wealth is uh, comes from uh, uh, fossil fuels and the whole Europe is supported on uh, Russian gas and, uh, if if they would mm-hmm. do anything or I don't know they would make sure that uh, it does not affect this this main uh, this main principle they have working with Russia yeah relationship
0: with russia so Do you, you you know um, I'm probably saying his name wrong, but Gary Kasparov, the yeah. former chess player, yeah, and uh, you know he's he's always been anti-Putin for years, and I, I I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he was suggesting, but basically there should be e- uh, economic san- sanction, but primarily he was trying to hurt the supporters of Putin, uh, well, i.e. overseas, and because if if his associates f- started losing money. They were probably putting pressure on him, but I don 't know how exactly how you're going to do that, but um, that was one of the things that he was suggesting they do not to hurt the people in Ukraine because they're already being punished you know uh,
1: yeah, the Ukraine is uh, on the verge of uh, financial default, and if, uh, if the prime minister doesn't get uh, i don 't know what he's doing now he's somewhere in Europe if he doesn't get uh, any uh, credit from the European Union. I don't know what's going to happen with uh Ukraine. Cuz I think
0: they're they're I think Ukraine's asking for 15 billion dollars and uh I, I don't know if Rose is familiar but Ukraine is traditionally known as uh, the breadbasket of Europe. The land is fertile. I mean yeah, it's a yeah, great it's farmland.
1: The, the first place uh, in uh, the production, production of uh, sunflower oil and mm-hmm. uh, like somewhere in the in the top 3 of uh, producing uh flavored bread. The, it's, a,
0: it's amazing it's amazing land and uh, it's one of the places during world war ii nazis trying to occupy that land yeah, because yeah, yeah. you literally took food away from the russians uh,
1: actually you know uh, the eastern part of ukraine has the best soil possible uh, on on earth uh, i don't know how historically that happened but uh, the, uh, I, i've seen that that earth and it's it's actually black it's uh, very soft It's extremely fertile because uh, any plant uh, we have in Crimea, uh, if we put there, it it grows like uh, five times, five times bigger and faster. And uh, actually, the Nazis were loading that dirt; they collected dirt, loaded into I don't know what's
0: in a truck or in
1: in a train, in a train Train. wagons. I don't know, uh, in some. They set up some containers and uh, brought that soil that uh, to, to Germany. That's what they were trying to do. And uh, actually, the big concern of ours uh, is that uh, if uh, if the prime minister uh, of, of the new so-called government of Ukraine gets uh, the credits, uh, he might actually do some deals with uh, German and uh, other European european union countries that would uh, that would involve uh, some agreements of them becoming the masters of uh, that land and uh, of of the whole agricultural systems we have and like uh, everything uh, that uh, ukraine has in its agriculture might uh, actually become uh, the property of some german companies for example Mm -hmm. Uh, that's where i think uh the roots of German support come from. I think they're they're all uh, targeting uh, the most uh, interesting pieces of uh, Ukrainian uh, economy and maybe. Were you
0: were, were you surprised that some of the tough talk even coming from Germany? Because they were trying to stay neutral almost, but um, last couple of days they they're they're talking pretty tough for Europeans, which is not common. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. see because what is it? Gas plan? Is that the co- Russian company that provides um, natural gas to Ukraine? Gazprom. Yeah, Gazprom. And, Goss yeah, Goss 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 and um, this is a really tough spot because when it get cold and um, you need de- they need a natural gas utilities. You know, I mean, who's gonna blink first? I guess. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm just glad overall you're safe. I I really wasn't sure the the way they're portraying news over here. It, it's it's like you know, like Japanese invasion of China. Um, well, are you guys so? Wh- are I'm, you guys I'm so? Glad where- to say that uh, that is all bullshit and not this is
1: is happening. And uh, actually, the information war is uh, something that is becoming like uh, huge these days. I, I don't know. Uh, it literally it uh, set the country apart. It divided it into two. Uh, to uh, to parts, I don't know. It divided people into the supporters of the regime and uh, the ones who who are against it. And uh, the animosity and the hatred between these uh, those, those people divided by the information war is uh, something that I should uh, that I think we should all be uh, cautious for, because. I don't know if uh, the NATO, I don't know if the German or uh, American troops, uh, even, I don't know how they call them, uh, the blue helmets of uh, United Nations, peacemakers or something like this, uh, if they even come, I don't think they would be able to, to stop the escalation of the conflict uh, inside the country. It starts, actually, to remind Uh, the hatred between uh, the Albans and the Serbs in uh, ex-Yugoslavia, which is uh, one of the, I don't know, scariest uh, ethnical conflicts in in Europe, in uh, modern history.
2: Are you guys even aware in Crimea about the American perspective that they're kind of trying to push so hard over here? Uh,
1: Again, we we could only... Consider the facts that we are getting uh, f- from the media, but uh, I think if you're, if you have uh, any education, if you know uh, some history, if you know the history of Cold War, and you know the roots uh, of the conflict, it, it doesn't uh, it, it doesn't look so mysterious to me. Well, uh, I I think the interest of, uh, of of the U.S. government is quite transparent, and. Uh, I can really see why they're doing this. Uh, I'm only uh, concerned, and uh, I, I feel uh, the pain for my people, because you know, we are like pawns in this uh, chess game, because uh, none, none of, of uh, the top players actually have their lives threatened, but uh, a lot of people have already died here, and they're just regular people
0: so what what, so what do you think is eventually is going to happen eventually people calm down just accept the fact that crimea is now part of russia rest of the ukraine will be
1: i think they have no choice because uh, russia has taken over and uh, they're not giving crimea back as it's the population of crimea consider themselves to be russian and there's no one no one to tell us how to live, especially Angela Merkel from Germany or Barack Obama from the United States. Uh, that would only, I think, the, the sanctions and the, everything happening that would uh, only uh, give Russia uh, the power and uh, more, would, would uh, unite people more. Because when, I,
0: I, 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 think, I think you're absolutely right because yeah. if they're sanctioning them and punishing them
1: when you have a common enemy a huge common enemy you forget, forget uh, everything you had uh, all the arguments and everything and you concentrate on uh, your, uh, on, on defeating that huge enemy you have and uh, as we see today our huge enemy is uh, the European Union and uh, usa I mean, usa and at, at some point because uh, i uh, i think i think no one is, is feeling any hatred or animosity to the american people because uh, as, as i would say uh, i love this country and i love people there and, uh, we look up to to, to the united states mm. culturally and in, in, in everything basically uh, i i uh, have all my hobbies rooted from from the United States and that's where uh, I actually want to go and uh, I would not want the escalation of the conflict because it would mean that people with Russian passports would would never get there and that would affect me (laughs) first of all and uh, I wouldn't want that happen but again uh, the government is uh, does not represent all the people
0: no no I agree I agree because I I just um, like like one of the popular 10 USA is anti-Iran, but I like Iranian people, and, and especially the young people there. I don't, I just don't like the, the mullahs and the government running Iran. And similar to, with this situation, I don't know... Well, for one thing, there's not going to be any armed conflict. They're just not going to do that. I'm sorry. We're just spread two things all over the world, but U.S. is not going to get into that, and I don't think EU have the stomach to do that, and it's not even worth it. I'm just curious... Long-term effect because I think you're going to have – you'll continue to have problems in Ukraine and Russia about brain drain. I think young people with a lot of education and talent, I think they just want to leave and go someplace else like people like yourself. Absolutely. They, given,
1: Absolutely. Given,
0: given the opportunity, would they, I mean they love Ukraine. They love Russia, but given the opportunity to go Europe or North America, I think most of those people those go to those places. Yeah,
1: yeah, I have I have zero desire to, to fight and to, to go to war, but uh, it, it is something that uh, I, w- I would have to do because uh, I have my family here. And, Absolutely. Uh, I, I have my family to protect. But uh, if we all could, uh, I, I don't know, move somewhere else... Uh, that, that would change everything, but uh, again, we have property here and uh, everything.
0: which and and, and, and and sanction only help the dictators. This has always been the rule. Sanction might hurt the average people in Russia and Ukraine, but it will never hurt a guy like Putin, because Absolutely. Yeah. whenever there's a problem, he's going to turn around and say, look, all your problems are due to the West and America. See, there's excuse. These things, they, they have a uh, a scapegoat, so um, I don't care for the guy uh, as American, I don't think he's naturally good for Russian people in the long run, but I think I think President Obama have no choice but to sanction because they have to do something they they, they just can't have people invading, or not invading but you know what I mean, this um, referendum or whatnot. I, I think we, we we can't send message rest of the world and lot of stuff like this happens so it's a really unfortunate situation for Ukrainian and and uh, Russian people but uh, our governments going to have a problem with the putin but i i think in the long run i think we just have to wait cuz putin is about 60 years old you know we're, uh, we're, we're, we're,
1: he's he's much younger than that i think he's about uh, it, it, in his 50s 55
0: maybe yeah
1: maybe maybe
0: so he's gonna be he like, wild. Wow. He,
1: he looks great, and he has a lot of energy. Mm. He's he's gonna he's gonna stay. <laughs> I, I
0: I guess my question is, in maybe in twenty years, you know, the transition, because even Putin's gonna die someday too, or just like we will die too. But I just wonder, post Putin, who's gonna replace him? Because. I remember Gorbachev. I'm old enough to remember Gorbachev, Perestroika, Glasna and Yeltsin. And in 2000, when Putin took over, like, I never heard of this fucker. Who? who no, seriously, who the fuck is this guy? How could you have
1: Yots- he- heard about him when he was a KGB agent? And most, most of his life, he was trained to be invisible. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah I've I'm, I'm never heard of him. He had, he, he had something to do with uh, assisting the mayor of Moscow, if I remember right. St. But- Petersburg, yeah, Saint Petersburg, and I remember like <laughs> January first, two thousand. Putin is the president of Russia. Like, what? what how did well, uh, this even first, happen? First,
1: first he became a prime minister, and he was yes. very young, and uh, he was very uh, attractive for uh, a lot of people, and uh, like uh, his uh, way of speaking was absolutely new because we were used to Yeltsin, like mumbling things. And, then and drunk too. Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, he was drunk. Yeah, he was drunk a couple of times. Uh, and uh, Putin, with all his with all his energy and sort of a uh, military demeanor, uh, was like uh, a savior to to mm. Russia. I think in in a lot of ways. Uh, he's a very controversial figure, no doubt about that. But I think in the long run, historically, he's. Uh, the main figure in uh, the newest history of Russia and uh, he he uh, the course uh, he's going to put for Russia will uh, lead the country for uh, i don't know for the next century maybe
0: yeah and 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 you know if 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 you look at the, some of the greatest leaders of Russia Catherine the Great the Peter the Great you know and Ivan Grozny and uh, they're not called great because they're somehow morally like you know good in a sense but because of the they, legacy yeah they they expand their country made the country stronger and uh the force of personality they impose their will on the russian people and to their enemies so um i i think he is basically reminding russian people that we are a great nation and we can be great again but uh i, I wish he will work uh the domestic problems you know that that uh free speech not going to happen under him but um you know the suicide rates high uh um, alcoholism is very high over there and unemployment um you know believe me america's not perfect either but i just me studying for the year of russian studies i i just think russia is a great country and uh it's it's a beautiful country it's amazing uh, the his, the even the novels from 19th century you know tolstoy and Dostoyevsky and gogol and uh chekhov and uh pushkin you know i mean Re- russia really is an um, amazing country and uh i think last 10 years has been uh, it's a time of humiliation frustration but i think he's doing it the way he's doing it, some of it's good, but others it's it's very questionable to me because in America, there's certain things I I value highly, free speech and rule of law, and you know that's not true. And, and and even regular Russian people tell you the crony cronyism where um, post Cold War all this KGB or communist people people in the position in power to go those industries right so yeah, yeah. there's a lot of poor Russian people that deserve to be treated better absolutely
1: absolutely but uh, you know what um, one thing about about uh, all the maybe uh, democratic and liberal values uh, that you have and you like about uh, the United States uh, in Russia the moral uh, the moral values are. Uh, sort of different because uh, there was a lot of noise about uh, anti-gay uh, laws that that Putin provided. Uh, I would say that 70 percent of the population of uh, of the population of Russia support that, and um, even more than that, I think more people uh, support uh, uh, the thing he did to uh, to uh, to this band, I don't know if you heard it, the Pussy Riot uh, band uh, not a lot of people like them and uh, absolutely not a lot of people would uh, uh, support support them and what they
0: do I. I is it because uh, Russian Orthodox Church came back 25 years ago?
1: Maybe, maybe because of that but uh, I think the main... Or, or do
0: you think Russian people in general are just conservative? Uh,
1: they are pretty much they are uh, especially the older generation, but uh, also the young people that uh, again uh, study the history, and they have some sort of a, uh, national national conscious. I don't know how to call it. Uh, they see themselves as uh, uh, they don't see themselves. I mean, as part of this uh, world pop culture that uh, Pussy Riot is trying to proclaim and Mm -hmm. uh, they see their separate way and uh, this way does not uh, include uh, any of the philosophy and the acts that uh, Puzeroy are trying to bring and uh, more than that uh, as uh, Sean Smith from uh, Vice uh, when he was in Russia he said uh, that the first thing he felt uh, Russia was very uh, oppressive for him but uh, for for us, it doesn't seem to be so oppressive because we are quite used to live in that way, and uh, we are uh, feel always endangered. Like um, we never never relax a hundred percent. Like we are always uh, cautious about what's going to happen, and uh, certainly uh, the the this. This place of democracy and the freedom of speech that Pussy Riot is trying to bring is not something that uh, we consider to be uh, important for us th- these days I would say I don't actually care about what they do uh, I, I don't think they deserve a, a sentence but uh, I, I also don't care if they go to jail
0: um, I, I could kind of understand because you know as America, we take things for granted. North America, we are so uh, far away from many other other countries, we don't really have a tradition of getting invaded, you know. And uh, if you study Russian history, I mean, there's a time, there's a history in Russia, it's called time of trouble. Do you remember that in history, uh, in Russian history? Yeah, yeah. And, we, and, we have and, a sh-
1: shorter word for that. It, it is called smuta.
0: Yeah, and... Uh, um, what, what they they even made a play out of it, but it was a time where there was many fake uh, czars, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, because one pretending to be czar and this one is not legitimate. But you know, if you that's I have to say when I when I study Russian history, I could understand why the 19th century the literature was so amazing because Russian people have suffered i mean i don't mean to be rude but <laughs> russian people have <laughs> suffered beautifully i mean their history is full of just tragedy of one tragedy after another and it's 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 not like cutaway country like usa away, you know separated by the huge bodies of water so there's a history of getting invaded a lot and, yeah um, yeah yeah absolutely and and and, the and, the it, and and it and it and it and it is very cold so it's not i mean literally it's not a sunny place and, and <laughs> I, I just spent time in sweden for three months and i have to say the cold weather does affect your personality you, yeah, know, you don't see yeah, sun, you it know
1: it, it brings this uh, nordic demeanor to, to the people it uh, mobilizes you because if you just stay chill and then cool you would freeze to death and uh, basically, no food would run around you or uh, f- fall from the tree. You have to do like the hardest shit to to get something to eat. Historically, well, that that's what it is. And uh, and uh, as you said again uh, about the history of invasions, the biggest tragedy and uh, the the biggest uh, heroic period of uh, our history was the World War Two, because basically. Uh, literally, every family, uh, every family I know, every family of uh, my friends, was uh, affected by by this war. Like uh, I had my uh, grandfather f- fighting against the Nazis. Uh, he lost mm-hmm. he lost his eye uh, in a, in a battle. Uh, my friends, both grandparents, died during uh, the, during the battle. Like not, not far away from here. Uh, I mean, literally, the, the land that we are living on is uh, f- like like uh, f- five-inch, f- five five-inch uh, of the soil. Soil is uh, uh, drained with with blood, with blood of of our ancestors, and that's and, wh- and, and... that's why that's why when uh, any signs of uh, the Nazis that are brought from the Western Ukraine. Are coming into play. It brings, uh, it, it just uh, I don't know genetically. It brings out the, uh, the the hatred towards that, and the the strongest emotion and uh, the, the feeling of unity because uh, you literally feel the pain of your ancestors fighting as you as you see like those swastikas and uh, all the shit coming up again. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, I think all the young people that. Uh, from especially from South and uh, uh, East Ukraine and then Russia, uh, they they feel like I don't know. They feel they feel strong at that point, and they they feel like. Well, personally, uh, I I feel like uh, it's my turn to do something for uh, for what uh, for what my ancestors have done.
0: I, I I could completely understand, and um, it's always been puzzle. Like you start, you go back, like Charles the Twelve, the King of Sweden. He invaded um, Russia and had many victories until I think seventeen oh nine. Peter the uh, Great beats Charles the Twelve in Battle of Putova. Then after Charles the you have Napoleon invading um, Russia, and I remember reading War and Peace. The battle of Borodino was almost like hundred pages out of the I don't know how many yeah, yeah. two thousand pages of it, and like it drove me crazy because <laughs> hundred pages just for one battle. But they invade, and of course Hitler invading Russia. And believe me, it's it's a trap when you it, it, that country is so massive. And uh, sure, spring and summertime, you're going in there. You think it's fun, but boy, Russians know how to play the game too. They're willing to kill themselves to kill the enemies. They invade their country, scorch earth, absolutely, uh, yeah, and uh, that, they, that is right. they 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 destroyed everything. They even started a fire in Moscow when the Napoleons were there. So, very sad story when the Napoleons um, retreating, and uh, the rear guards, the last troops, you know, they're getting attacked by Cossacks. The 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 uh, ca- Russian ca- is that Russian cavalry, Cossacks.
1: Uh. It it is um, well. It it started from uh, from the region of the river Don, and then it spread spread over to Ukraine. So I see. mostly, when you say Cossacks, you are referring to to the Ukrainian ones, as they were the ones that were involved in most of the battles. But uh, but also, uh, if you read uh, the uh, Quiet Don by uh, Shalaev, which is uh, Great, great book about uh, Russian history. Uh, they're all uh, so-called uh, Don Cossacks.
0: So, and and, and, and and it's it's terrifying because if you everybody panic, panic. Yeah. It literally means God pan, and when he's angry, he make this terrible sound, and the <laughs> uh, uh, tremor spreads, and like everybody wants. That's why the word panic comes from. But. When 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 army panics and they're retreating, these Cossacks are just a bloody motherfuckers because they will trample you, and they have this long—I uh, don't know what kind of sword you call it—but they will literally come behind. They will chase the retreating army, and they will trample over you, or get maybe even just stab you or cut your head off as yeah, like you're yeah. retreating. And, uh, and then, uh,
1: interesting, interesting thing—they they have uh, like uh, blue pants with a yeah. uh, huge. Uh, Red stripes on the sides, mm-hmm. uh, like bright red stripes, and uh, you know why? Why they have those? Because they wipe their uh, swords. No, no. Because uh, in the <laughs> battle, you, uh, when riding horse, uh, you, they would uh, often get uh, cuts from from the sabers in, oh. in their legs, and uh, those stripes would uh, help mask the blood when you have I you, you, you open your pants and uh, you cut your leg. They cut your leg and you have blood all over the place. And when you have those uh, white stripes in the side, it, it kind of uh, masks the blood, all the blood, and it kind of keep keeps your uh, psyche at, at the right
0: place. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 then the modern version that is such a sad story, and like it's one of those few history books that made me cry. Was when you read anything about Battle of Stalingrad, it's it just make it it just make you cry because. The Russian troops, these they literally sent... I mean, basically, you had young people on both sides, but the Russian soldiers, some of them literally had no weapon, and they had to fight the Nazis there. And uh, the German were... I don't even know how to say it. It, it literally means Rats' Creek, like a uh, rat's war. Like, they were literally fighting in sewers of uh, Stalin where these... in yeah. the yeah. stench, dark holes, and it was a hor- horrendous war, Battle of Stalingrad. Was, but, you was, know...
1: Terrible, and you know what? There, actually, uh, I would say there were about ten of uh, those. Of those, Uh, I mean, uh, this the Battle of Stalingrad was the most uh, vicious and uh, the the most
0: uh, terrifying,
1: terrifying, and uh, with lots of casualties. But uh, there was a tank battle, battle. like in uh, 1944, which was the biggest tank battle uh, in, in the history at, the, at that time. Uh, there was also uh, the, the defense of my city, of Sevastopol, which is uh, pretty pretty heroic. And mm-hmm. I don't know if we have uh, any more time, because the, this, uh, the history of this defense is, is something really uh, to be proud of it's very interesting like for uh, more than 200 days uh, in basically destroyed by the artillery city the uh, the people the citizens and uh, the fighters the soldiers were uh, defending the city as they uh, understood how how important it is they actually lost the city and they had to leave it because there was basically nothing left there and uh, there was no support coming so Mm -hmm. Uh, the whole Crimea was uh, occupied by uh, the Romanians and, uh, and by the Germans, but uh, those uh, two hundred heroic days were, like, uh, I don't know, it's well so- something to something to remember and to to be really proud of. And uh, yeah. if you walk through the city uh, today, you can uh, even to this day see. Uh, the bullet marks in the walls uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of buildings still have those marks uh, and uh, we have uh, the so-called uh, 35th battery it is uh, the defensive the defense of construction with uh, something like uh, cannons that could that could hit in in uh, in the radius of like uh, a couple couple hundred kilometers, mm-hmm. so this this battery was something that uh, the Germans were terrified of because they could not approach it. Uh, they hit a- almost every time with a hundred percent clarity, and they uh, the the Germans actually had uh, had the names for. Uh, most of the problematic constructions that they had in in the city. So they called uh, this battery and uh, the other, the 10th battery, they called it Fort Maxim Gorky 1 and Fort Maxim Gorky 2. Well, uh, yeah. That.
0: Um, I, I, I'm probably wrong, but do, do you remember uh, a general named Kututov? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And... Um... Um, why am I remembering his name? It would, I, I'm getting all confused. Uh, was uh, he it during he, the, the, the he Napoleon was, War?
1: Uh, yeah, he was uh, he was the leader of the Russian army during the Napoleon War in uh, uh, 1812, and uh, he was he was leading the the in, the battle.
0: And uh, and, and his, pe- pe- uh, if I remember right, the way he remember is almost like comical. Like he was like an old, people thought he was a bumbling fool. He was, he was but, an
1: old, uh, fat, one eyed, uh, but uh, he was a strategy genius.
0: He was brilliant. I mean, um, he 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 knew that um, obviously Napoleon's an unbelievable general. You don't fight someone with against their strength. You fight them with your strength, your strength. so yeah, yeah. You, he he just he, he just let he was sent these like Cossack guys to kind of harass uh, the, the French army but he just let them go in deeper and deeper into Russia and then uh, wait until the winter came and boy yeah, yeah. boy because the Russians were they were used to that weather but boy the French were not and uh, <laughs> that's um, mean <laughs> no but they good and, war technique though and everybody fled they did you know um, yeah,
1: they basically froze to death
0: Yes, is it, it
2: like the Vietnamese dragging the American soldiers into the jungle?
0: Well, it's, it's worse <laughs> than that. Uh, marshal Ney was the one of the competent, one of the most important marshal under Napoleon, but he had to do that uh, masterful uh, defense of the rear guard. So they're fleeing um, Russia. But boy, they took a heavy casualty. I mean, they, they lost hundreds of thousands of people there. Yeah, and Kutuzov, yeah. and he was a, uh, I remember seeing his name a lot in War and Peace by Tolstoy. But um, um, it just shows like you can't judge someone because what they look like because he he was ready for Napoleon. And, uh, you know, the, the major defeat in Russia was beginning of his downfall, a Napoleon who's considered as one of the greatest Military minds all time. He's right up there with Genghis Khan, and Alexander the Great, yeah, and uh, Kutuzov yeah. was uh, unbelievable. I mean, he's almost lovable in the way that we were portraying him. Um, unfortunately, he probably had problem later on, political issue, because he might might have gotten a little too popular for Tsars liking. But um, but as a general and somebody who loved Russia, uh, what an unbelievable general! Absolutely. Um, yeah you're
1: right um, and, uh, actually in War and Peace by uh, Tolstoy his portrait uh, I think pretty pretty, pretty good because, uh, because of all the uh, historical evidence that uh, we have left about him uh, I think that's War and Peace is a real masterpiece and is uh, considered to be one of the main uh, sources for the young people to get to know the history of, of Russia of that period
0: which is ironic because later on, Tolstoy say "War and Peace," Anna Karenina was not a uh, masterpiece at all. <laughs> he, he, you know, which is interesting. But I don't know. Maybe he went through crisis. But, um, um, but what what an amazing book! I mean, looking back twenty years ago, I hated it. I had to read it for class. But looking back. It just shows how great Russia is. Yeah, yeah.
1: and, uh, and uh, even more, uh, Russian school, in, in Russian schools, we read it in like ninth grade. That's when we just turn like uh, 15 or so, 14, 15 years mm-hmm. old. That's where we have to read all these three thick books. Uh, personally, I didn't read it at that time. I only read like. Uh, the basic plot, to just just mm. to be able to to answer the questions, uh, and I did not appreciate it at all at that time. So I had to read it later, much later in my middle twenties. That's when it really shined to me.
0: It's it's uh, it's um. Well, you know, Woody Allen famously said when he was explaining War and Peace, he just said, "What's it about?" And Woody Allen replied, "Russia. One word. That's it." And, uh, <laughs> But um, it's yeah, it's it's I'm 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 um, I, I'm, I'm just hoping um, no armed conflict. I, I hate to see people getting hurt in Kiev uh, a few weeks back, and um, and of course this Crimea crisis. I have nothing against people in, in Ukraine and Russia. I um, unfortunately everyone have a reason for what they do. I hope um, I, I hope uh, there will be peaceful resolution. But I still think in the long run. Um, it, it, it's I still kind of think it's gonna hurt Vladimir Putin long run, but um, we we just have to see what yeah, happened. Yeah, but we'll um, have to see. And um, but I, ho- I hope you have a I hope you have a chance to come to the States You know, um, thank you,
1: thank you. I I really do hope so. And uh, I think you should you should come visit me also when things oh, s- settle well, down a bit. I, I would really appreciate showing you the the town.
0: I, 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 I really, really want to. I, I do really want to go. Um, I, um, I, I took the Russian studies because you know, nineteen ninety one, ninety two. You know, there was just all those crazy things were happening in in, in uh, Soviet Union or former Soviet Union, and Berlin Wall, and yeah. I'm old enough to remember, like. I'm still shocked that it actually happened because, you know, the whole Churchill and FDR talking about Iron Curtain and I just thought we will always have communist Russia for the rest of my life. And I, 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 I'm I, shocked we have a black president. I'm shocked that, uh, <laughs> you know, that the, the Berlin Wall fell down and, um, you know, it's... Um, you know, I'm curious what's going to happen in 20, next 20 years, but I will definitely want to go st petersburg moscow and kiev and, and of course crimea i think crimea is such a it's such a h- h- historically important place
1: yeah um, it's very beautiful as well
0: and uh black sea and and um russians need that because they want to put influence in the south of that um, crimea well turkey
1: yeah yeah but uh, the, the main uh, I think uh, the main industry here uh, would still be the resort industry, as sure. as uh, if you if you watched the uh, Olympic Games in Sochi this
0: yeah like like
1: a c- c- couple weeks ago, uh,
0: you might sh- have a you might have a one or two maybe Russian mob guys at those nice resort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you see some fat Russian guy with a really good-looking young girl. I could probably guess what they do for a living, but um.
1: <laughs> absolutely. And uh, the thing is that uh, uh, my sister's husband—he's an architect—and uh, he builds these uh, huge uh, houses or apartments in uh, in in Yalta, like uh, in the in the s- south city of Ukraine. Which where I actually grew up, and uh, he said that. Uh, can
0: I can I can I stop for a second? Yeah. Um, w- when I hear the word Yalta, I mean it's just amazing to me because the Yalta conference where you had yeah, Stalin, yeah. FDR, and Churchill. Yeah.
1: It was uh, in the Livadia Palace. That's where my mom used to work. Uh, I've been there. A and lot that of picture times.
0: is so famous. I mean, you see Stalin, Churchill, and, uh, and FDR Roosevelt. talking. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and. Um, Man, uh, I just like history a lot, and I just remember that I like I will, I, I want to go someday to those places, you know? Cause, um, uh, well, uh,
1: I'll, I'll let you know when uh, things settle down here a bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, uh, if I have the money, I would go now. Seriously, when I when well, I was in uh...
1: Uh, the thing is, it's not, uh, it's it's absolutely safe here. It's a hundred percent safe here. Actually, the crime rates went, uh, I don't know how low they went, but i heard that on on the level of uh, i don't know that uh, that was never uh, before in, in the history of independent ukraine like this because well all the all the population mobilized and uh, just i don't know it's pretty safe here
0: one quick quick note before we, we finish because I realize it's really late for you. Um, I I have to say when I was in in Afghanistan and I'm sure this is a very sore subject with you guys as well as for any Americans. But um, I, I was really surprised when I meet, whenever I met Russian pr- Russian people in uh, Afghanistan, Russian guys, because really? they never left. <laughs> they, they, they They basically ditched the military. They didn't want to go back. So and. Uh, <laughs> If there's a few russians met. they change their name to like a muslim name and like you could wow. tell they're russians wow.
1: but I've never but heard about the,
0: that yeah they're 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 russians there and um ironic that um the couple of the afghan people that i talked to that um um there's actually genuine respect that the Taliban and half for Russians and Russians have a Taliban because even though they might've hit each other, boy, they both sides fought really, really hard. Um, and then uh, when I went to Panjshir Valley in Afghanistan, there was Russian tanks everywhere. I mean, they were blown up to pieces, you know, I, I, I think but they were still there. Oh yeah. I mean, kids play, use them like a, uh, like a part. <laughs> they, playground. Playground. Thing, yeah. And, and I, you know, history is in like, hindsight it's 20 so like, of course, it was crazy to do that, but like, I look at the Penchere Valley, it is just absurd that anyone thought they could take control of that area it's because it's so mountainous, it's so mountainous, even if you drag all the bombs, nukes, whatnot, there's just so many places for people to hide. Yeah. And, yeah. It,
1: it, and, it, and it, the it whole was, region is so shady, that like there are no uh, certain uh, precise maps of it.
0: No. Nothing.
2: It's so just, when you uh, say stones so when you say you knew they were Russian what does that mean they just look super Russian it, I mean they have Muslim names they have Middle Eastern names and they're living in Afghanistan what does that mean you just knew they were Russian
0: well I mean uh, when you see two of them and if, if they speak any Slavic language I mean I could tell it's Russian but um, when you look at them you could tell and like sometimes I will ask my uh, guy like wait is that guy Russian like they're like yeah they would, they, they would tell me, and I. It's amazing to me the Russian people, few soldiers that decide to live there, uh, for well, them to live in, in a land for for them to live there in a land of no alcohol. You know, like cause <laughs> you can't you can't get. But the, they there. have
1: they have uh, opium though. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's true. The yeah, Ethiopian. I was about to say that. So I, never
1: heard that, and that, that's really something the, that I think I, I, I'm gonna explore a little bit.
0: I think it, there might be even a couple of things in Vice about that, but yeah, there's there's some Russians that like they, they didn't want to go back to Russia, and uh, they were there, and uh, they marry Afghan women, and uh, they have Muslim names, and they they, they adapt, uh, learn to speak Dari, the and they live in uh, uh, Afghanistan, but. Um, that's great. Um, um, if if someone want to contact you, what, what's your Twitter account? Uh,
1: it's uh, at the flying mo. How do you spell that? D H uh, E F L Y I N G M O.
0: Okay, and um, um, thanks for doing the show. And I'm, I'm I'm glad because we've been kind of talking every six months or so, and like I. I'm just too lazy to figure out how to do an iPad, but you know i I know some <laughs> people might be annoyed with the sound in the background but
1: well, I, I actually uh, stopped noticing it like a, an hour ago
0: <laughs> yeah i i'm i'm glad I'm glad you you were able to do this and I'd like to do another one uh, when we figure out the audio we could do a better audio but um boy what a what a fascinating place um you know, Russian people are not sentimental people at all. The the, the, the beauty of the Russians are the strength and like they're very proud of their culture and uh, and um, the literature and, um, I mean, they really have a strong feeling about their country. And I have to say, uh, uh, many of the Ukrainian-Russian women are beautiful. You know, and, <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: you're, you're absolutely right.
0: And um, uh, I, I, I appreciate if uh, those of you listening to the show, if you have a question for Mo, contact him or you could contact me as well. And uh, Jesus, donate dot com. I'm, I'm really struggling, <laughs> but like, but like, like I said, I am starting a new podcast in May. It's called Bed Island Podcast, Bed Island Show. Myself with Peter Warren, senior editor of Adult Video News, and Christina Rose, superstar adult porn, porn star. And of course, I, I want to finish the show by giving Rosie Trent chance to say bye and uh, give her background on her outstanding podcast too. Here we go, Rosie. <laughs>
2: hi guys this is Rosie Tran follow me at funny Rosie and listen to out of the box podcast.com we have a lot of interesting fun and unique guests that are bringing alternative viewpoints to you
0: and uh, Moses th- thank you um, um, and I spaiva uh, and afternoononia uh, <sighs> uh,
1: thank you very much as well and uh, thank you for having me it, it was a real pleasure and thank you for for the interest you have uh, in in our subject and thank you Rosie for uh, the opportunity and uh, see, see you hear you later
0: <laughs> yeah well we we, we we will talk soon thanks Moses and uh, sorry I know it's like two or three in the morning and no, have, it's, have it's a good a rest. rest yeah thank you. and uh, we' we'll, we'll talk soon okay. thanks Th- thank you bye thanks for listening bye bye